All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the Dynasty Hot Sauce Podcast. I am your host, FF Larry Monkey. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, and I'm with Justin Rogers, Mr. Run DFF himself. Uh, how you doing tonight? I am good. I just had a run, so now I can have a beer. I'm ready to settle in and talk some football. Glad we got our really great guest here with us. So I'm super pumped about this guy. I've been following him, I don't know, probably since I first started getting into listening to football podcasts. He's the host of Rookie Fever. He's also, you can find him on the Fantasy Breakdown. And what else has he got going on? Superflex Pod. I mean, he's a he's a voice that you hear when you're you're part of this community. Wait, well, hold on. Um, it's really more the laugh. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> Not the first time I've, I've heard that. Man, thanks for having me here, guys. I'm super yeah. excited. Yes, um, yes, yes. Scary truth, my daughter is developing a laugh where, like, I'll laugh at it and she'll look at me weird, but I'm just like, oh, my God, like, you're too <laughs> freaking awesome. Like, so my, my older son doesn't have, like, air quotes, like, a laugh, but I'm noticing my daughter is uh, – kind of developing one so it's kind of funny footsteps yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah you recognize that voice that's shane swagger you, you can find him at swagzilla zero g uh with that zero spelled out that's quite the uh the twitter handle there it, yeah it's uh mm-hmm. it it kind of uh it kind of just formed over time i don't know i have i've let it evolve and i, I have yeah. like uh eric flynn to thank for the start of that and then trader joe ff trader nice. joe um kind of put the finishing touches on as i was just like man i'm switching it like kind of just went with it so so justin like i've always like i gotta ask now because you just ran before the show yep. but i see your twitter handle all the time and the run ff is that i always assumed it was because of the run game or something but now is this is it because you're a runner that's exactly it. So I, <laughs> I actually had a, a little pod that I did with my buddy. We called it the rundown. And and I just – we're both runners from college or whatever. Like we ran both on the same team. And so I just tied it into my name and figured I could I could flow with that. So, yeah. yeah so you're not cool. a running back guy. I am not a – I'm an everybody guy. I like them all. I like all the boys on the field. Now, actually – I think Larry is definitely the running back guy. I am a running back guy. I like running backs. I like rookies. Uh, I don't know. That's why I think I like listening to Swags a lot because we we share a lot of the same thoughts when it weaknesses. comes to the same yeah. weaknesses. <laughs> there you go. The same challenges. We're, we're both uh, yeah. We're both challenged in the same in the same way. But yeah, dude. Uh, when I first started listening to Dynasty football pods, I, I've stumbled upon. Uh, trades HQ and that just and I guess rookie I don't even know but I don't know if it was the rookie I don't know if it was like the cut the, like your guy the artwork or something that drew me into just rookie fever is just like a that's like a nice it's got like a nice nice ring to it and it just drew me into your show um with the with feverish Fenero yeah then, um yeah dude it's he uh, made that artwork too that's that's all Fenero yeah, I mean that's that was part of it. It just looked like a like an old school album cover that like uh, yeah, about, man. Like, and there were talks off. about like sort of changing some of those um, because we were with DFF, but then we took the show with us, and right. um, we, so we kind of talked about it a little bit. But we were I don't know, just kind of everything you just said, just kind of like oh, I really like this though. Like I don't want to lose this logo or and I I'm just a rookie guy, man. I mean Justin knows. 
I'm the, I don't like him with, with any facial hair, you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, he wants baby face boys. That's what it is. <laughs> baby face boys. <laughs> so, I mean, that's I why think we both, we're both ageists is what it is. Like, <laughs> yeah. If you're growing a full beard, uh, you might be a little too old for me this year with COVID. I mean, it might be a, uh, one of the best years ever to be an ageist. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because you're going to lose a year of uh, of production, basically. I mean, that's what yeah, yeah. I mean, in the worst case situations, I mean, some of those players, like I've kind of been getting excited about, and um, man, and I don't know how you guys feel about this because, like, if we have a season, I kind of like Le'Veon Bell. the The trade is in the notes, but I mean, you get the offensive line a little bit better now for Darnold and Bell. So I think that works in their favor if we have a season. But then if we don't have a season, I don't want bell around like who knows what's going to happen so bell's somebody i'm kind of i've attached to on a couple teams where i feel like it's time to find a way out that's a good point i've been kind of targeting bell because i feel like he's just going to have a great season because of yeah you got to rethink that like we're we're, justin and i are we're in the trades hq 16 team super flex tight end premium and bell is somebody that i feel like i could acquire if i wanted right now but but yeah do I want him in a and to take up a roster spot and you know he'll be entering his what like age twenty nine season next year I think yeah okay. yeah yeah man and who, and who knows where he's gonna be playing because he won't be on the Jets because yeah. Adam Gase is gonna get rid of him for free yeah, yeah no. that, that's the problem because like you said I think he's available and you start to look at your team and you're like oh I'm kind of in contention or I'm a running back away and I can go get Bell right now and then you're thinking let's do it and then you're like wait what is contention in twenty twenty like am I is there going to be a contending season or are you going to have two and three sporadic weeks? Like how many times does everybody play? Right. Do I just have to, do I need to get six games out of somebody to win this thing? You know? Yeah. We've heard about this, like, like a quarterback, Joe Burrow, we're expecting him to just walk onto an NFL field with no preseason games and just, just zoom calls and stuff. I mean, I guess he'll, he'll have some somewhat of a training camp, but, I mean, is he going to come in right in and just light it up? And he can run okay, but he's not Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, that where, you know, even like Josh Allen that's going to get seven or 800 yards and eight or 10 touchdowns, either or. Like, I don't see that out of him. Have you guys heard of the Hunger Bowl? Swags, have you heard of that? No, I haven't actually. Oh, shit. It's actually my my pick. Huh. <laughs> live. The, Let me do live. I'm three minutes into my pick here. Awesome. The nice. Hunger Bowl draft. Put my, I so what, my what quarterbacks are available? Okay, so yeah, so okay, now oh, we can get into are this you, now. So you're Ryan Finley over Joe Burrow? Is that what you just said? That's what I heard, Swags. That's what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, man. Uh, and John Ross is going to break out this year. So, <laughs> so yeah, man. So here we go. So yeah, it's, a, John Ross. It's, a, it's a start one running back, start one receiver, six flex. And then start 11, super flex, uh, 1.5 tight end, which I don't really consider a premium. 1.5 is really not much for me. How, how are you out with a 1.5 premium? Does that count as like a, a big time? Are you like spending any more time on a tight end knowing that it's 1.5? Uh, I mean, I don't I don't honestly let it affect my draft strategy too much when it just, it just affects the scoring of the tight end. So obviously if you have one of the stud tight ends, it gives you an edge and a, a decent amount of points. But honestly, if you have 
any kind of scoring and you have one of those top three tight ends, it gives you an edge no matter what. So the edge is a little bit bigger with like 1.5 or 1.75 for your tight ends. Yeah. But if I don't have one of the top three tight ends, I, I don't care and I'm fine waiting and getting right. somebody like Gasecki or even Eric Ebron later. I don't know, like Scott Fishbowl, something like that. It's a little bit different because of the way scoring is on wide receivers. Like it, right. it hardly mattered for wide receivers. So the t- tight ends in that, I get the edge that it gives you, especially with all the flex spots if you stack up and get the good ones. But after those first three, I'm I'm kind of waiting, you know. Maybe right. get Evan Ingram with a shade he gets, something like that. Well, there's so many tight ends that ha- have went so far, but there's so many still out there. I'm a little upset that Dallas Goddard went because I feel like he's going to get 100 at yeah, least. Yeah, I like Goddard. I mean, there's nobody. And, you know, let's talk about – geez, we can kind of – well, it's my, it is my pick, so maybe I should make it. Huh? And I, Goddard and I, was my uh, first tight end in Scott Fishbowl. All right, so you've got three running backs and a quarterback right now, right? you got Mayfield, Bell – Jacobs and Henry. Well, this is the ninth round, so oh, oh, well, we're I so went. Okay, but I went. I went Henry Jacobs, Mayfield, Bell, Cortland Sutton, okay, Jonathan Taylor, Jared Goff, and J.K. Dobbins. Oh, well, I like that team. So I have yeah, five running sure. backs. Like, and you only have to start one of one. So all I mean, all I really need is one wide receiver. I'll eventually have a lot more, but I wanted to go heavy running back because my um, my logic was I feel like if these quarterbacks. I mean, what was there, like 57 starting quarterbacks last year? These quarterbacks get knocked out, and the receiving wide receivers get affected, I think, more than the running backs. If anything, you're going to lean on your running back maybe a little more. And with all this stuff with players getting pulled out of, of, for two weeks and this and that, I feel like the running backs are the safest position that you can get into right now. So why not, sta- why not stock up on that? I like that thought process a lot, actually. Because if yeah. your receivers are going to get affected by a potential quarterback being sat and – I don't know. Do you want you know? Do you want that? St- I mean, Galladay trailed off at the end. You know, you couldn't start it. You couldn't start a lot of receivers based on some of this sh- uh, really bad quarterback play. Yeah, at least you only have one factor with the running back, whether whereas you have potentially two factors affecting production or availability with a wide receiver. So that's a good point. You know, it's almost worthless if you if you're starting, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. If I don't even know who the Browns backup is right now, but if it's the Browns backup, oh, it's Case Keenum is the Browns. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I I only have two quarterbacks, and I think I have to take Sam Darnold here. Wait, wait, wait. hold on. Now, hold I on. Two picks. I have two picks. Okay, yeah, yeah. You, but it's a super flex. But you, do you have to start any quarterbacks? Is this kind of like the Eliminators? No, no, no. You, it's a, a one quarterback with a super flex position. Okay, so you do have a one quarterback. So you have. Yes, I have two quarterbacks. Uh, Goff and yeah, he's and- got. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, you always have. You'll always have one because unless you lose two, right? You got Mayfield and Golf. All right, yeah. so who's available top of the list on at every position? Let's hear. Okay, this is fantastic. Uh, according to their ADP, Tua, Sam Darnold, Dwayne Haskins, uh, Fitzpatrick, Tyrod Taylor, Foles, Herbert. Well, the bad news is both of your quarterbacks have a week nine bye. All right, so, so- when Sam Darnold, well, Sam has four bye. He's got a week four because you're so right. It's kind of nice to have out of the way. Yeah. yeah. You know what? You, looking at listening to your team, it may not matter what else is available. Like you may be right that Sam Darnold is the best because there's a, there's a massive teardrop and you may not even get another starter when it comes all the way back around to you. Oh. you no, especially you, 16 teams. Right. Yeah. So I think oh, Darnold is, this is a 12 team. This is, this is this hunger bowl thing. I do. Oh, okay. 
Even yeah, a 12 senior in the ninth round, by the end of the tenth round, or by the end of the end of the eleventh round, because it goes, you're in the nine ten turn, right? I mean, getting Darnold in the ninth yeah. round of a super flex, that doesn't normally yeah, no, I, yeah that's okay, pretty so nice. Darnold, then now who's available everywhere? I, mean, I can else? take Haskins or Tua. No, I feel like Sam's. I, I mean, I'm a Jets fan. I yeah, yeah. standing right behind me. I have to take yeah. It's there's I think the production is higher with Sam Darnold and you know he'll be more fun for you to root for. All right, so, so this next pick I already took I already took him. So this next pick we can play around with. The top running backs, Marlon Mack, Philip Lindsay, Breida, Madison, Tariq Cohen. It's like the uh, the, the backups. This oh, do we have a Jordan Howard staying on this he's show? Still there. He's <laughs> <laughs> I never talked about Jordan Howard. I'm I'm uh, I'm against Jordan Howard. I'm in I'll take Howard <laughs> over Breda. Would you take Howard over Philip Lindsay? Um, man, yeah. Really? You would take Howard over Philip Lindsay and Matt? Yeah, I think the upside. I think the floor is about the same, and the upside is way higher with Philip Lindsay for me. So I think that I like. Uh, I don't know. I'm a little worried about Melvin Gordon, and I like the opportunity that I, I think Jordan Howard could have in that offense. I I'm not a Matt Breda guy. That's that's probably part of the problem. I, I don't think I'm a Jordan Howard guy, but it's like for me, it's Matt Breda's just never been one of my guys. So yeah. it's almost like I put so much shade in that direction that the light goes to the other side for me. So there really isn't any running backs available. It's just basically the backup. Zach Moss. I I'm going to need to hear the tight ends. <laughs> uh, I like yeah, Moss. Not here, but I'm not right yeah. here, but well, I like I Moss a, later. I have a pretty good. You. I have a pretty good batch of. I probably should go tight end. Okay, so so uh, 1.5 tight end premium. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hooper, Fant, Howard, Irv Smith. I think I got to go tight end here. Is Hig- Higby's gone? Yeah, Higby went. Higby went a while ago. Yeah. Hig- actually, no, he didn't. He went a round ago. He went with the eight three. Okay, so yeah, a full a full round and a half. Basically. Right now it's ten one. Right now it's the first pick of the ten. Yeah, a round and a half ago, almost two rounds. Because you could end up punting and just stacking up on late tight ends and well, and I mean, one hit. well, here's the thing. I mean, this is how deep tight end is this year, and we've talked about tight end probably yeah too much. But Hooper Fant, Irv Smith's there. I think they're going to see a big bump from him. Justin Jefferson is like already in like the COVID protocol. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. Uh, Jarwin, Johnu Smith still out there. Jack Doyle, I mean. Ian Thomas is probably still there. Even Jack Doyle. Like Rivers yeah. is going to be dumping it off to fucking I Jack think, Doyle. See, <laughs> if, there's some, if there's still some good talent at wide receiver and we haven't got to that yet, I think it's a, a feasible strategy to just punt it all together and take two or three or four yeah. at the very – you know, in the rounds like 13, 14, 15. Yeah. And just have one – hope that one hits, you know. It's not a big enough premium that it suit that it matters a lot. Is there trading in this league? There is trading. There's trading in this draft. Should I trade this pick? Oh wow! Or maybe just what, take what, two quarterbacks. Well, what's a wide receiver? Okay, the best wide receiver. See, wide receivers are kind of. I mean, this is probably why I should take a wide receiver. I had my eyes on Crowder, who's not even. He's kind of like hiding in this. Don't AD. do that. Don't do that to yourself. Well, he's just like a. You're right. I'm a Jets homer. So Debo's out there, Fuller, Devontae Parker, Edelman, Higgins, Kirk, Mims, CD Lamb, one false move in that wide receiver core, and he fucking hmm. Mike Williams, and then it just gets into This is an ugly spot in the draft. Can you trade the pit? <laughs> yeah. So wide receivers just went fast and furious in this draft. It was yeah. really bizarre, and I was like, I wasn't going wide receiver. There was a couple no running back guys in here, so I just kind of mm. Know, built my draft around those guys not taking running backs, which is why I have like five money running backs. Yeah, I mean, you can start those guys and you're going to end up getting massive points. Like, 
the separation between running back and wide receiver is significant, especially when there's just not that much of from wide receiver 25, 30 to wide receiver 50 or 60. It's like Scott Connor says, there's, it, it's just one big ass tier. Yeah. I mean, I'm really just, it's all best available at this point. Anyone wants to fucking trade. I should just be like, who wants to fucking trade here? Man? That's what you said. You should type that exact thing. Who wants to fucking trade? Yeah. Let's see what happens. Tell them to get a hold of you by the time you're done with this show, so it'll be on here. Then right. they might be more right. eager. Swags, are you doing any drafts, rookie or otherwise, right now? Any startups? Um, right I'm not, unfortunately. I'm do. I I start a startup tomorrow. We have our uh, Pure Michigan draft. Bill Bill started Super Duper Flex. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we've got a Michigan draft. All of us are here in the dirty mitten and we were planning on doing this as a live startup um we're all going to meet somewhere here but we'll do that for our rookie draft next year hopefully like not dealing with all the stuff we're dealing with now but we decided to just squash that but that starts tomorrow i have the 101 taking mahomes i decided um with the 10-year contract I, yep. I'm just going to take Mahomes. I'm not even trying to trade out of it. I feel like even with, I feel like even if I trade Mahomes, you do it after he's on your team, after the draft, and you look for teams through their players, not not the picks. And I think that that's, yeah. you benefit a little bit more that way. Because I, I don't know if you want to trade back, everybody's always like, well, yeah, but I don't want to give up. I don't want to lose a pick. And it's like, well, I'm taking Mahomes, and for Mahomes, you give me two or three players. Like you're losing something. <laughs> so, um, but I'll probably. I, I think my plan is to hold on to him, honestly. But uh-huh. twelve, well, twelve teams. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I've decided it's either Mahomes or Saquon, one hundred and one right now. I'm not that I'm anti CMC, but yeah, I'm with you. There's no, there's no telling what he's going to be in two years. His value yeah. could could plummet because that's just what happens. You know, he, he could be. 26 ish, 27, and you're like, oh crap. You know, I'm so I, I'm 100% with you. I was actually Barkley before the Mahomes contract, but it was always sure. so close Ooh. to me for me. And then yeah. once yeah. once he signed the contract, it, it pushed me to the Mahomes side of it. But I've argued with Two Drink for what seems like a couple of years now about Barkley and Mahomes. And even though they were always close to me, I get the Mahomes at 101 for the last couple of years. But even though they were always close to me, I was always on the Barkley side. But now uh, I'm, I've, I went with him. So that's one less thing you have to hear us argue about on Super Flexible Podcast. <laughs> I have the one one in the um, FF Down Under Bowl. I don't know if you guys are in that. Anyway. No, I'm not, man. But I know of it. Yeah. The uh, so I'm so all in redraft, of- I don't know if I care as much. About um, I, I have the one one, and I've already set the. I already set my pre-draft for bit for Barkley because I feel like. Um, really? I feel, yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's a bounce back. Bounce oh, back. And, and redraft, I'd go CMC all day because okay. I still think that his think, role. Well, last year everyone wanted Barkley all day, and and I went CMC, and I feel like yeah. this year it's Barkley's turn. When do you ever see two guys? When when do you ever see the same guy just? Just rage every single year, you know. I think there's, yeah. I mean, Holmes, Ladane Johnson, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, like, there's been some guys that have carried the load and and been there for, you know. I feel like Barkley is he's primed, man. I mean, it's a, that's another improved team. I mean, as much as I hate the Giants, and it pains me to even talk any kind of. 
positivity about them. They're um, oh, oh, I've been I, yeah, never mind. I don't even. I'm talk. not sure they're that. <laughs> I mean, they didn't. They didn't really make any moves besides they all. They had an offensive tackle in the draft. I think they picked in, up an offensive tackle. Uh, they're getting but, Ingram back, who missed pretty much all season. He was worthless most of the year. Uh, Golden Tate. While I mean, he was coming off a suspension last year. I mean, that season was a wash. And Danny Dimes has to be a little bit better, one would think. Well, and remember, Parkley missed all year. So they're getting back two major pieces to their offense, adding a stud offensive tackle. Yeah. And you got Danny Dimes another year in his development. So now you have a better quarterback situation in Carolina by far. And I, and I am not a Teddy Bridgewater guy by any means, but I'm even less of a Kyle Allen guy. Right, right. So I think Teddy's going to dump that ball off. He's, yeah, he loves. Yeah. Teddy wants to throw it as short as he can. Like if if you're playing catch in the backyard, he's like, no, no, come on, come, move closer, 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 closer. And then when you get about two steps away, he's like, yeah, let's play catch from here. Swags, are you still in on Chase Edmonds? Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay. Maybe not quite like you know the same, but yeah, definitely. I absolutely, I think he's a great buy. Like, um, oh, he's an awesome buy because he he's cheap and he's only he's got one person in his way and it's a person who's never carried the load in the nfl <laughs> yeah good point, good point. i'm not Edo benjamin guy if no you know, I mean, do you have him anywhere no not not at all i do have chase edmonds like floating around for sure and i'd be happy to buy more shares i got i do have benjamin in one spot and I, I took him just because I didn't have him anywhere else. And I just was like, hey, it was like, uh, you know, he's late anyway. He's like super cheap. So I just have him as a, just sitting on my bench. We'll see. Who knows? You never know with all these running back injuries. So, and you never know who's going who's gonna to opt out who's gonna, or who's going to miss a week or two, you know, or three right. or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. So. But I think it's like a three, which was a, a geez, who knows what the NFL There's so much in the air right now. I, every time I turn around, I'm like, okay, well, we know this. Wait, no, we don't know that. Oh, we know that. No, we don't know that. Like, it's, it's like, a, it's like, it's so fluid right now. I have no idea. The other day, I thought it was eight one was the August first was the um, deadline for opt out. Now I'm hearing it's like August the fourth or even later. So yeah, they're stretching it out, dude. There must be some shit brewing, man. It's probably somebody that wants uh, to opt out. They're probably like, hold up, make it the fourth. We need to work on this guy. Well, there's probably a lot of negotiation going on that they've not, you know, finalized. Oh shit! You got I got a cramp. I'm on the run the FF with the cramp live. <laughs> <laughs> got to stretch and stay hydrated, and yeah, man, you got to hydrate, on, bro. You know, You're... you know all this stuff. Motherfuckers, I'm hydrating. I got beer in front of me. Some, oh, the opposite, some man. pickle oh. juice. Get some pickle juice. Um, oh, don't t- I hate pickles. God. Dude, run oh, DFL, lame. That's awesome, man. You know who's known to, to pull up lame uh, on many occasion is our our close friend Devin Funches, who I I uh-huh. before I had him penned in, man, for like ten touchdowns this year. I had him with like a James Jones. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Uh, I do not because it's Devin Funches. <laughs> I don't. I, well. This is okay. There's Larry must stop you because this is Devin Funches of 2020, and this is Aaron Rodgers of 2020, not James Jones and Aaron Rodgers of what 2013. He would have been. He would have been the end zone presence, man. Yeah, seven, eight years ago, Aaron Rodgers would have been (laughs) on the end zone. Would have been wearing his hands out. But yeah, they got to get to the end zone now. 
do they sign somebody? I mean, are they just going to roll with with the debt? Like, Equinemius St. Brown's going to, you know. If they roll out the same thing they had last year, ooh, man. They have nobody. Yeah. It's just, it's, there's, there's, the only thing they've added was that third round tight end and the second round running back. So who do you guys think is the wide receiver two there? And I know there was some, some steam about Devin Funches. I, I wasn't on that train, but I want to hear what you guys think. I mean, I was, I was, I don't think I thought of him as like uh, the wide receiver two, but I was, uh, good. I was like silently optimistic about that situation. And maybe Funches, like, you know, I wasn't, he wasn't somebody that I would like search for to add to my teams. But if I had any of those old shares floating around, I was kind of excited. Maybe somebody I would add like in the 25th or 26th round of a startup, if he was there, something like that. But um, yeah, I wasn't really excited about Funches. Now, it, and it seems like it's either going to be Marcus Valdez, Scantling or uh, Alan Lazard, right? The Lazard King. The Lazard King. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let me give you something on this. And this is why I think I think it's pretty clearly Alan Lazard, Lazard, Lizard, whatever we want to call it. I, I probably say it wrong. I, I, I don't I don't know. Shit, I'm just some guy in Mississippi. So who knows what the hell Lizard's I'm saying. cool. Between him and MBS, if I told you that one guy had a 46% catch rate and the other guy had a 67% catch rate, who do you think Alan who do you think Aaron Rodgers trusts more? They had almost the same amount of targets. Lazard had nine more catches. He only had 25 more yards, which it seemed like he was a I mean, it was still a decent uh yards per catch with 13.6. MVS seemed like entering his third year too. But yeah, dude. They, they should be calling guys not in the league anymore. Get like James Jones or Jordy Nelson back or something. How about T.O., man? Did you see him flash that 40? Against <laughs> yeah. Forget the 40. Look at that hundy, man. He was running a 100-yard dash, and he's holding Tyreek off. Dude, T.O. So. to the fucking Packers? Why not? Come on. No, okay, but I did see this earlier. <laughs> How does Des Bryant not get a job? I don't know, man. So I'm still up. <laughs> I'm still up in this hunger bowl. Nobody no took that offer. Well, one guy... Want to, I want to explain the Hunger Bowl. It is, um, it's really amazing. It's the uh, Gridiron Experts is teaming up with uh, one of their dynasty writers, Aaron Sopchak. His goal is to put together a fantasy football charity in partnership with NoKidHungry.org. So he, uh, he's partnering with NoKidHungry.org, or he's raising money for that charity. Uh, he's calling it the Hunger Bowl 2020. Uh, there's a lot of fantasy football. I don't know how many teams are in it, but there are. He's got a lot of jersey giveaways. That when you win the league, all of your money goes to the charity, and I guess you win these these jerseys. They're the first and second place guys. That's that's what I remember reading. So great job, Hunger Bowl 2020. I'm in this league. I can tell you, who's not there. Like two cool people, like Swagzell OG and Run DFF. Well, I, there, so. I saw this post. I saw this flying around Twitter, and then. I saw a couple people jump on board, and I was just like, well, I want to do this. And I started retweeting. Yeah, I think I saw the opportunity, too. I, I should jump yeah. on some of those. I mean, so many, though. Even the charities, yeah. you have to kind of pick and choose. And right, right, right. All right, good exactly. causes, though. And I was like, fuck it. It's a, you know, when, when can we draft? And he, and even it was on Sleeper. And when I hear something's on Sleeper, I'm, I'm instantly turned off. But I was like, that's oh, a fucking redraft. Who cares? So I didn't know I was going to, I didn't know who I was going to be. I was placed in this, this 12 teamer. But yeah, man. It's pretty cool. I'm in a I'm in a draft right now, which is awesome. Because I yeah, love, that's awesome. I love being in a draft right now, and it's a redraft, so you have that. You have to have that 
mindset. Mick Big Match or Hot Box Batch Mick Big Mick. Okay. Moment <laughs> <laughs> big time, baby. All right. Try this again, Larry. <laughs> well, let's hear it for hot box gourmet small batch hot sauce. Quite possibly the most delicious, intense condiment on earth. Hot box will make you forget what food is like without it. <laughs> Satisfaction and addiction guaranteed. I'm in. We're hot sauce guys and, and check this out. So I'm a, obviously a big rookie fever guy. I remember an episode you guys were talking and you, you uh, swags was just like, yeah, it was just like a random, like over the winter episode, I, I, I think. And swags was just like, yeah, I'm, um, yeah, I'm really trying to lose some weight. You know, I went to walk. <laughs> Block, and, and then like he's like oh yeah and Fanero's like oh yeah that's really good man you're getting in shape and stuff and he, he's just like in the next breath he's just like yeah I, I, I fried up some chicken wings this guy was just working out now he's frying up chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know about swag still, but... still gotta eat dude yeah I, I, run, I run so I can drink beer and eat chicken wings so I'm I'm so looking forward to getting a, the bottle of this hot box batch hot sauce and throwing it on some wings. Yes, Mo, so Mo, Mo McBig Time yeah. is uh, sending me and Justin uh, a bottle of hot box batch. And I tell you what, the Fantasy Stoner endorses these guys. Scott Simpson endorses these guys. I'm excited for this sauce. We're, we were the Dynasty Hot Sauce Pod, so we're we're willing to give any sauce a, a, a shot and give you yeah, our, like, our honest like opinion. Anything spicy. I like anything spicy. So I know Justin works at a wing. He works at a wing place, so he yeah, would know. Right, yeah. And and I only I don't go anything below like on the on the scale on because I work at Buffalo Wild Wings. I don't go anything below like Asian zing spicy garlic. It's got to be hotter than that. I, I don't want any of the Parmesan garlic honey barbecue. No, give me some heat. You know, I used to eat the mango habanero with every every time that I ate wings. At least a, a quarter of them would be mango habanero. Now maybe a little bit older and you know, day after doesn't treat me as well. So I have to scale back and only eat those every once in a while. But uh, yeah, I like some spice. So, okay. So I got a question for you guys. I'm down in the South, so it's, it's ranch down here, but are you guys blue cheese or ranch guys with your wings? Oh man, I could personally go either way. I'm probably more times than not going to order ranch though. That's my go-to. I'd probably go to yep. ranch, but blue cheese yeah. is good though. Condiments are for sailors, baby. <laughs> You just eat yeah. some straight. All right, then. I like ranch. I, I'll dip them and go. I like ranch right. with everything, basically. That's yeah, the that's what I was going to say, too. Like, ranch is pretty good with most Dude, things. Dude, I get, like, at, at wings, they got tater tots now, and I throw, like, some chipotle barbecue on them, then eat them with some ranch dressing. Yeah, okay. that sounds pretty killer. Yeah. So, so, Swags, when you... I don't know if you recall that specific pod where you were talking about. I, you know, I I recall both moments. Um, it's funny <laughs> that it's funny that they were on the same show, though. I didn't I didn't make that correlation while it was happening, but but yeah, I, I recall both moments. Yeah. So That's how funny. did you make your wings? I mean, I didn't get. There was no other. There's no other talking about it. You just like referenced that you cooked up some chicken wings. And I was like, well, what the hell? How do you make them? I want to know what, what kind of I wings mean, fixes up for himself. Yeah. For me, I mean, if I'm making wings, I'm uh, I'm going to deep fry them. I've just got a little deep fryer and I would probably just put some spices on them or something. I, I don't have any uh, two time like recipe where I've done over probably just kind of whatever I have and toss them around a little bit and um, I have sauces on the side if we hit them, but just a little deep fryer. 
fry them up yeah. for a few minutes. It's freaking cool. good. Super uh, easy too. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I know you've heard of this hot box batch. Uh, Scott Fishbowl, uh, apparently Mo McBigTime or Bo McBigTime. <laughs> at Bo underscore McBigTime. <laughs> Bo knows. At, uh, Bo knows hot sauce. <laughs> Bo knows is um, how he is recognized on Twitter. But, and, uh, and his Twitter handle is at Bo underscore McBigTime. And he is the creator of the Hotbox Bat. Uh, reach out to him or find the, the website and 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 get yourself get yourself in on the boxbatch.com i'm looking at it right now actually oh let me give you the best part about this about this whole hot box gourmet small batch hot sauce at hotbox batch on twitter you will go to the website that they have on hotboxbatch.com you go to their website you type in the word spicy and because you are listening to this podcast you'll get 20% off your entire order Oh, nice. So there you go, guys. Save yourself a little dime there. Get yourself a good good hot sauce to throw on your wings. Yeah. You know, while you're at it, write a little review. And, oh, yeah. Uh, tag, them on, tag them on Twitter or whatever. Yeah, give them some exposure. So There you go. So how about that? Not Bo? only that, but the logo is super cool with that truck and the smoke coming out of it. You're doing the same thing I am right now. You're over here on Twitter, like going to their website. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Gourmet small batch hot sauce. He's got a couple of jalapenos and the O's. It's actually he just got the artwork done. We were we've been talking about we've been going back and forth for um the last week about stuff. And he was telling me how all this stuff's happening right now for him. I mean, he's been this underground guy on Twitter selling mm-hmm. hot sauces to, to the, the dynasty community, but now he's got the website up and got like, so his logo has like a Nintendo feel and it makes me, man, it makes me miss my childhood. Oh yeah. He had a, he had a guy do it for him. It's on his Twitter feed. I know he's like, he thanks him and stuff. He, he had a special guy do the artwork. Um, I, like it. I can dig it. So yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, I wish he'd put the fire on his truck because you know that that truck is nice, and I don't want him to burn down his truck. But I'll tell you what, uh, <laughs> um, he got it, and it's you know maybe we'll get another sponsor out of these guys. But Viridian at Viridian Global seemed to help him with his brand design. So how about that? Bam! Oh, there you go. So good on you, Mister Bo, and thanks for that hot sauce. We can't wait to get it. We'll give it a good. We'll give it a good tasting, and let you know how we feel about it. And I can't imagine just by all the the incredible reviews that I've read. I can't hot box backs. So is the rookie fever guy a Debbie guy? Uh, Michael Panero. Well, or me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I know he's your. How did that go down? He's your your co-host. He's not like your your buddy. He's just your co-host, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <There it> is. <laughs> Why do you hate oh. Michael? What that, that played out so much, like I, I felt I ended up feeling bad for Panero after all of that. That was good, man. That was good. So, yeah. so wait, are you in any Debbie leagues? Um, I'm in some Debbie leagues, yeah. I, my approach to Debbie leagues, I don't think, um, is, is the same as like some Debbie heads, and um, like I do have like some developing youth and some guys that I kind of watch a little bit, but I'm usually trading my Debbie picks for players that are playing football or or closer you know when you get to like 2019 like that's when i kind of start to look for the 2020 guys the guys that you think are going to declare in those drafts um i'm still a huge like landing spot guy even after like 
rookies get to their their teams. Obviously, that's what landing spots mean. But even throughout like the draft process, and while we're going through the beginning of the off season when we're waiting for the NFL draft and people are hyping players, I'm I'm huge on landing spots. I mean, even look at somebody that I mean, if you if you listen to me, you know I'm kind of low on Clyde Edwards Alaire, but even look how he bounced up the draft boards because of his landing spot. He was kind of the talked about running back at, at, you know, some people had him a little higher, but then as soon as he went to the chiefs, everybody moves him up to number one. Um, and that's one part of it, you know, for me, the landing spots and uh, I don't know. So I'm not the, I'm not a Debbie scout. I won't even lie. You know, like I'm, I'm very, I don't know. I have a phil- philosophical approach and like, what the team does with their players, the opportunities you think they're going to have. And then, I mean, you look too, and something I've mentioned on some shows and I don't want to like make this seem like I'm talking bad about the, the Debbie approach to it, but you look at players like this year, you could get Joe Burrow or Clyde Edwards in most of my, my Debbie leagues. They were available in the rookie drafts this year and that, and they were arguably the one Oh one and one Oh two. And, and even rookie drafts without Debbie. So right. there's obviously all those misses and people still move up in them. Um, so there's no foolproof thing. But I think if you get too into it, like those high school players, like when they first start declaring and into college, um, I think that, I, I don't know, you're you're bound to get somebody's going to piss on your sunshine. It's not going to be as good as you think. It, I mean, we even do it in with our rookies where – it's not a Debbie draft where it's just, you're making your rookie picks. We all know that not everybody's going to hit. So in a Debbie league, if you're keeping attached to all those young players for so many years, like it just makes it that much more painful in my opinion. But there are, there are some people that are really good at it. I mean, like my go-to, if I'm going to go ask a Debbie question and we we talked about her before we started recording, but I'm going to go to Katie flower um, there's like some other guys over at dynasty nerds. I think that like are right up there as well, but shout out to Katie. Like she'll always get back with you. Like super smart Debbie mind with her. And, um, she pays attention to what's going on. She has some favorites, you know, which nobody's ever going to agree with. She's going to get some wrong too, but that's probably who I would refer people to for, the players that haven't declared yet. Yeah. You, you mentioned, you know, getting Burrow and CEH off of, you know, out of a rookie draft, even if you're in a Debbie league, but the same thing happened the last couple of years with Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Those are yep. one of those Josh guys. Jacobs, dude. Yeah. Right. Josh Jacobs. Yep. Those are yeah. guys that pop out of nowhere. So even the best and deepest Debbie leagues will have players that, that pop up. So I'm not in any Debbie leagues, but I do really enjoy listening to Debbie podcasts. I listen to yep. if Ray Q puts out a pod. I that's another good one. Yeah, thank you for yeah. correcting me. Absolutely, uh, I, I just think his his analysis is good and it, and it's entertaining and fun to listen to uh, the way he breaks things down and he's very passionate. And I want to hear someone who's passionate about what they're doing. So um, I really enjoy it. like if if Ray GQ pops up a pod, I'm like, all right, let's hit play. And you know, I run. I run about probably three hours a week, three and a half hours a week, something like that. And uh, that's a lot of podca- podcast listening. And then I drive a lot. It's a lot, a lot, even more podcast listening. So I can listen to a lot of pods. And 
I, you know, I can squeeze in a bunch of different people. So, but I'll always prioritize people that I really enjoy listening to. Uh, yeah. The, a good HQ mix of like being people being smart and some entertainment and enjoying. Exactly. I mean, I mean, there's, there's a limit to how much I can listen to someone grind about and, and I'm going to mention a name and I don't mean to like, because it's not on the extreme end, but like Peter Howard, I could listen to him for hours speak, but <laughs> at, at the same time, there's sometimes that I don't want that kind of grind. I want to, I want a little bit more entertaining thing. So like Peter Howard is great for just breaking down stats and, and getting really analytical. But at the same time, there's other guys out there that don't give you much substance at all. And I could just, I don't get much out of that at all. I'd rather have someone who can balance it. So, and yeah, I'm kind of a, um, there's not enough glue to hold your model together type guy. Yeah. Right. Uh, totally. <laughs> I just got, I, I don't that. know. You saw, you saw that. You saw that hit me like in real time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, and, and just like you said, Justin, like the work that goes into it, like the thought process, like you can listen to it, you can learn a lot, but at the same part, like, models are built to kind of fall apart in my opinion. Like there's only so much that you can take out of the past to have a good future. I don't know. Rookies, rookies, rookies. Who do you think is going to be from a fantasy football standpoint, the rookie of the year? Who's got the quickest quickest rise to stardom this season, just this season. I mean, take with everything that we know already, Who's got the so think about it? Who's got the quickest path to maybe targets? Who's got the quickest path to carries? Who's got the you know? I, I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, I, we have to probably exclude quarterbacks because I can't imagine a quarterback. Stepping yeah, in I think it's a running back here. And so I'll give you uh, okay. So Swift is probably off the table because it's Detroit. And as much as I love oh, Swift, boy. oh, as much as and I'm a Swift guy. I'm I'm a Georgia fan. And I can I can preface this with saying I'm not that biased, but like I'm not a Todd Gurley guy, but I am a, a Nick Chubb and DeAndre Swift guy. I like I love those guys, but I wasn't ever a big Todd Gurley fan personally. So I can separate like Jake Fromm when he was coming out. I said I wouldn't draft him in a rookie league. I, I just and the NFL is going to pass on him. Like Fromm, he's making a lot of friends. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> we can stay away from that side. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, but I mean, that's another thing. But I, I think Swift, I think Swift is kind of tied into an offense that is limited from the from the run game perspective, and I think he's going to be in a bit of a timeshare with Carry On Johnson, where I could see both of them getting 175 to 225 touches each, somewhere in that range. I don't know who gets more, who gets less, whatever. Do you think that's the situation? Do you think this? Do you think the current landscape is the reason for that breakdown or split? Yeah, I do. I think that I think that if without preseason games, Carry On's going to believe going to begin. I think Swift will, have that, Swift will have that late season like Miles Sanders kind of role, where he'll break out late in the season, take over, and end up carrying the backfield in the second half of the season. Like if you could trade for him, you know, week four, five, six, assuming that we get sixteen weeks out of this thing. Or 17 weeks, 16 games, then he's that kind of guy. And I think we can take out J.K. Dobbins for rookie of the year because he's going to be behind Mark Ingram to begin. So uh, to me, it leaves CEH, JT, and Cam Akers. Well, no, not Damian Williams that they're all they're all still. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I agree that those guys. I just think that they're the offenses are good enough, the offensive lines are good enough, depending on who you're talking about. So 
in in CEH's case, it's the offense. In JT's case, it's the offensive line. And in Aker's case, it's just the fact that there's availability for, you know, there's opportunity there. Well, you're also talking about good teams versus bad teams also. Yeah, exactly. You know, do, do you do you want Damian Williams or Carrion Johnson? Swags? I, I guess I'll go with Damian Williams. It's gross. Yeah. It's I know. Yeah. But I think in that particular play, and I'm, I'm also not a CEH guy. I just don't believe in him as a talent. I had this discussion with Scott last night on the trade addicts. Like, he's just slow. He, it's not even just his 40 time. His his 10-yard split in that 40 is slow. He, he, I think he ran 1-6-0 and you got Jonathan Taylor over here running one four eight. Like, he's a, a – it's just the difference from getting from getting the ball and hitting the line or getting to the outside, There's there's something to that. So. Ooh, and we had another opt out. Their offensive lineman, KC. Yeah, that's true. As well, so, yeah. So they starter. He was he was been a, a solid starter for like the last five, five years. years. Yeah, five years starter. So that's not that's not something to sneeze at. So, um, given the fact that there's a big advantage at offensive line for Jonathan Taylor. So so then if I'm if I'm saying okay, well then Jonathan Taylor over Ceh, then it really comes down to Jonathan Taylor or Cam Akers. Is it talent or is it situation? You know, because Cam Akers has a has a path to a lot of volume, assuming that he can beat out Malcolm Brown. I don't think that Daryl Henderson is the guy in his way. I think it's Malcolm Brown. I mean, I don't know that Malcolm Brown is much of a roadblock. Well, now that I've gone there and rambled for you know three or four minutes, what do you guys think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I mean this this is a this is a tough one for me because I've kind of like. I'm not a CEH guy. I think it's kind of uh, something we got attached to too quickly that I, I think it's kind of just like it's, it's something we've said was so great because we fell in love with Hunt. We fell in love with Jamal Charles. It's never really been that great, though, in my opinion. <sighs> Man, I don't know. I just can't get on board. Like, I'm a huge Swift guy. So I think you were upset think- that Swift was the con- cons- he was the consensus 101 before the draft, and I feel like that you are. I think you you were upset being a Lions fan that Swift was the 101 hands down leading up to the rookie drafts, and then the Lions took him, and now he's like the one seven. Um, I, no, I don't think it's that. I think it's just me like believing in like being so convicted to like my process and um. Sometimes when when you buy into yourself too much, like you feel like everybody else thinks the same way, and so you hit the streets like that, and you realize like you're all alone. And I think that for me, like I just look at other things, like I don't know, like honestly, like Detroit's offense, like as crappy as it was last year, we still had more yards on the ground than the Chiefs. Yeah, and that's with Mahomes running the ball as well. And and Stafford's not a runner, you know, but that's with Mahomes getting his uh, 218 on the ground last year. And then, I mean, you look at Damian Williams because then everybody wants to go to receiving yards right away. And even and I know they didn't have like C.H., who's a great pass catcher, but I mean, they only have probably uh, I mean, it's a good amount, 500 yards or so out of their running backs. I, I don't know. I just think this Swift's in a great opportunity. I'm not a carry on Johnson guy. I kind of was the homer about it at first, but I, I have no carry on Johnson anywhere. Even when I have Swift, like totally out on carry on. I have been even before the NFL draft. And then you go to Dobbins. Like the thing about Dobbins is, I mean, he's in, and this is, this is also with Lamar Jackson, but he's in an offense that had 3,200 yards on the ground last year. 
And right. 700 of that was from Gus. I think he's a huge ups- upgrade from Gus Edwards. So I think that yeah. he, I think his floor is a little bit ahead of Gus Edwards, which is probably eight to 900 yard floor. And I think that there's a chance that he can take some away from Ingram. I love all these running backs. Like, so, yes. so I don't think that it's crazy that Dobbins could go for it too and get something like that. I mean, who even knows? Like, I hope this doesn't happen, but I mean, what if like, and it's a totally different conversation. It's not even a fair, it, it's a mute point, but what if Mark Ingram were to opt out or he gets injured or something like that? So I like Dobbins a lot. He's somebody that um, I think started looking at a little too late after some of my rookie drafts because I just started to think about it more and more and differently day by day to the point where I have no Dobbins shares, actually. I, I really? have uh, one in the Scott Fishbowl, which, but as far as wow. Dynasty goes, I have no Dobbins. So I've been kind of trying to get some Dobbins, and I can't do it. So I'm probably either lowballing or just don't want to give up what I have. But um, I'll probably try a little harder. But Acres, I totally agree with, too. But I, I think that he's in a, in a situation where he'll have a good opportunity at some point. I like him more as a dynasty play. So I don't know if I give him rookie of the year. And then Jonathan Taylor, like also love if I mean, Jonathan Taylor's in a great situation because that backfield had 2,200 yards. Brissett didn't have enough to like really count much more than uh, whatever Detroit was doing. So I think that Jonathan Taylor's in a great situation too, but yes. it, it, it's so funny, Justin, like, CEH is the one I kick out of this conversation and that I've even gotten crap from feverish Fenero on rookie yeah. fever when I've ranked him as my fifth running back in that group. All right. So, okay. So just to, just to clarify in dynasty, I have Swift as my number two. I got JT is number one and Swift is number two. So I want to be very clear that I'm not down on DeAndre Swift. And I yeah. have Clyde Edwards as my fourth. So yeah, yeah, I, I, that's more in line with like my thought process. On yeah, the backfield, the running talent, backs. I think talent still matters, and there's a lot of people that are saying that you know it's a perfect situation for him in KC, except that there's a there's an issue here, and people don't people haven't really looked deep enough into it, in my opinion, is that KC doesn't throw to the running back, and. You know, that was the issue with a lot, you know, that was the argument or the argument is the argument that people are making with uh, with him and using um, Christian McCaffrey as the example. Like, yeah, well, yeah. Carolina, Carolina never threw to the running back. Well, Carolina's offense wasn't good either. You're not yeah. talking about having to change an offense to be better. That they offense, don't have Kelsey. Yeah. And I mean, I know they have DJ Moore. No, nothing bad about that, but they don't have Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, even Sammy Watkins still. And then McCall yeah. Hardman. I mean, I mean they, they've got some they weapons. And they don't have, they didn't have, you know, they had Cam Newton, not Patrick Mahomes. Patrick yeah. Mahomes doesn't need to dump the ball off to get that dude can chunk it anytime he yeah. wants to and, and just do ridiculous, freakish things on the field. You go into the passing game too, and you have to like still give. <laughs> Clyde Edwards Alaire chance to develop like his NFL route running skills. And I don't know. So I'm curious too, like, do we have a window that we need to give the man? I hate to bring up somebody like justice Hill. Cause especially with Dobbins there, but like when it's a pass catcher like that, is there any extra time span for them to develop in that role? Like we would give a wide receiver. Uh, I think it's easier for a running back because they're not running elaborate routes. They're not yeah. learning. It's not a timing thing for them. So I got to make this pick. 
just we were gonna wait on tight end, or do I want like Devontae Parker or Julian Edelman or Christian Kirk or somebody? I'm not taking Will Fuller. Fuck him. I think um I would take a quarterback and then as your um, as my fourth. You're, yeah. you're saying double down on quarterback here, so like uh, you know what? This is, this is why me and Swags are always on the same page. Put them, put them in a situation, that, like do something they don't think that you're going to do, and make them feel like they waited too long on quarterback, and add a little bit to whatever quarterback you pick now, and get a player you know that was picked three rounds before your quarterback because they'll be desperate. I get this. No, no, I get this, man. Because Swags. You've said this. This is a quote from you, I think, where you're just like, when it comes to Superflex, you like to have at least four quarterbacks. This I do. And like, that's a, it's a huge like dynasty mindset for me, though, because even like you said earlier on, like, yes. if I don't win in the first year of dynasty, I'm kind of okay with it. Like, cause I'm building for, for the future. I want to, I want to be, I want to have a dynasty. I want to be a part of this forever for the long run. But in yes. redraft, like your windows and trade opportunities are going to be a lot different. Like and the, in this COVID year, though, I think that you're going to have some. So in in redraft, Ooh. like I'm even not as concerned, but but yeah, well, even so. in a redraft, the quarterback could carry a lot of weight. Yeah, trade wise, it could this year. It could yep. this year because there's a lot more opportunity for for players to miss games. Well, let's talk yeah. about the available quarterbacks. I even think boredom this year, like presents yes. some trade windows and people aren't doing as much. So if you have traders in your league, like you hit them up and they're like, yeah, I'm down. I need something to do. I think we got some traders in this league. I'm, I'm just looking at them, but we got Tua, Haskins, Fitzpatrick, Tyra Taylor, Nick Foles, Herbert, and Winston. I'm not taking a backup here. This I'm still in starter territory. So the only, st- I, I'll count Tua as a starter. Cause I feel like he'll eventually be starting by like week six, at least. Right. Yeah. To me, I think it's gotta be Haskins. Yeah. And okay, so his end of the season game log, the last few games, he was pretty good. So I think your pick is Haskins. I agree with Justin. Oh, you think I should go quarterback here? <laughs> That's it. I kind of do, yeah. And we'll we'll wait on tight end. I'll I'll lock up a, a fourth starting quarterback, which means I'll always have two the whole rest of the season. I think I got to do this. Why not? Boom, Twain Haskins. Fuck all y'all. Bam! I just did it. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'll just go fucking tight end wide receiver the whole way rest of the way out. I'm good to go. Bam! I got I got like another ten rounds to go. Fucking uh, wide receiver and tight end the whole rest of the way. Yeah, Ooh, even if you end up having God. to trade Goff, dude. I mean, you're you're. I think you're putting yourself Best. in an okay position. Mayfield, Goff, Darnold, Haskins, and then I yeah. have Henry, Jacobs, Bell, Taylor, Dobbins. Yeah, your running backs are stout, but now you really have to attack the depth at tight end, and you've got to get some some high upside wide receivers to which I'm excited play. about. Which is an advantage of doing these drafts. That's another reason why I did this draft because I I do have a couple of like I have a home redraft league and. You know, I have this other I, I'm in like two redraft leagues, actually three. So this will give me because I have to get it's hard to get. out. I don't know, um, Swags, if you're into if you get into redraft and stuff like that. But it's hard to, you know, jump back and forth from dynasty to redraft, dynasty to redraft, because there are two different minds. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still uh, ages in redraft, so it's horrible. Oh. Um all of my redrafts, like I, I wasn't as bad this year, honestly. But all of my redrafts are, are charity, so kind of just for fun, you know, for the cause. And right. like you were saying, you know, you play with some awesome people. Um, but I, I've gotten a little bit better about it. But yeah, I'm still kind of an ageist man. I just, you talk about them so much, and 
it's probably the rookie fever show too that you're always just like oh and you you find ways to make yourself i don't know write so many scenarios and narratives for players that you can buy into it's it's definitely a curse oh it's a gift and a curse when did you get into dynasty um trying to think of like the oldest one now i haven't been in it super long though probably like six years or so six six ish yeah 2014 six or seven years 2014 for me so yeah we're along the same lines i was in some keeper leagues before that and um they were kind of fun, you know, they kind of give you a little bit of more like all year round fun, but not right. the same as Dynasty. And after that, like I was kind of done with the keeper leagues and it was either some redraft or all in Dynasty. And I, I prefer Dynasty a lot. Just uh, I think if you're an active player and you're making moves all the time and that's part of the enjoyment for you it doesn't it doesn't reset like it doesn't undo all that work that you did throughout the season to build your team that you fall in love with by the end and i know the end game is different when you know seasonal thing when you're just doing redraft and you all are trying to win a little bit different but then you also notice when you're like wow there's four teams with like 300 more points than me and even if you were winning a lot of weeks you realize your team's not as good so you kind of it kind of the season trickles off a little bit and dynasty is just so all year round. Like how many picks do you like to have in a rookie mm. draft? <laughs> I mean, if it's in, in the first round, like 12 or just yeah, all <laughs> of them. Realistically speaking, like, I, I like to have, I like to have like two or three picks in the first round, but like, yeah. So rookie- I, I try really hard to manage all of my teams differently but I did have one league this year where I had five first rounders and it was a lot of fun. Um, oh, and I, and yeah. I like the additions I've put into that team a lot. And they're all kind of like old picks. Like I got them like while people were trying to trade for 2019s, I was getting 2020s. So I had them just kind of stashed for a couple of years and my team wasn't really horrible. It was just like, I'd make this move and get a first attached. And before you knew it, I just had five rookie picks and one was my own. And and that was so much fun. So if you ever have the opportunity to have like more than three or four in the first round, like it's just fun. Um, and part of it for me too is I, I as much as I want to win, this is also something I do for entertainment. And if I can have more picks in a draft, like it, I figure it helps pay for part of my entertainment. Same oh, with like yeah. making trades and stuff like that. Like any kind of activity, like kind of makes the league more enjoyable for me. But then, I mean, there's plenty of, I I'm in so many leagues where I don't have a pick for two years at the <laughs> other hand, you know, where you're kind of building and you're yep. able to move picks and kind of like we talked about earlier, you in our minds as much fun as we have with them. We always know that our chances of all those picks hitting are, are so slim. I mean, we've been kind of graced yes. with, a couple of really fun rookie drafts is like 2019 and 2020. We still don't know what's going to happen with this class, but I think we're going to see some good ones here, but it's not always going to be that fun. So, or, or that hit rate to your point about like, you know, having picks and, and it being entertainment and all that. I hear people say all the time, you know, they get asked, when do you, when do you know you want to rebuild? And they'll mm. say, no, I never rebuild. I don't get that. I have torn teams down in the last couple. Of years. I just like doing it. Like, yeah, I agree. I don't, mind, I don't mind throwing it throwing a year away because what is it? 25, 50 bucks. Like I'm not playing in like I'm not playing in super high high stakes leagues. Like 
I have a couple hundred dollar redrafts, but everything else is like 25 or 50 bucks. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to pay 25 or $50 for six, eight, 12 months of entertainment, fine. And like, I'm not losing sleep over that. That's, that's the best investment I can make at the same time. Now I can go and like, just blow up a team, like on a whim, like, you know, I think this team is probably just mediocre. Let me just blow it up and have fun. So yeah. I think it's a blast to do that and, and just accrue picks and, and make moves. I'll make 20 trades on a team in a matter of literally two, three months and just demolish the whole thing and then just rebuild it just for the heck of it. Yeah, yeah. So I man, so I think if you if you're really active and you keep a revolving door going, you can kind of have that like never completely rebuild mentality if if you kind of do it right. And you have to be very active and you have to like take advantage of players that hit the trading block. It requires patience on like players that you believe in and waiting on them and not always giving up. Like I for one to to kind of answer your question more directly, like I hate to have like my stocks crash like i hate to go completely bankrupt on a player like um a huge yeah. example of how people got burned the last like couple years like maybe more than ever was well maybe more since like somebody like megatron like calvin johnson like that was a completely unforeseen situation like those people thought they had more time to get out with calvin johnson oh, how about this one i got a bet i got a bet for you andrew luck andrew luck yeah yeah, yeah that's talking, a great one gary yeah. and i were both on the same page like andrew luck is the prime example of a stock that was you know top yep. dollar and it was then, right after it was right after drafts and it was yep. a penny stock it was a penny stock the next day you know yeah like last August when he announced, I think it was August when he announced his retirement. It's like, yeah. So those ones, as much as that hurt anybody and like put their teams in a situation they didn't plan on being in, those ones almost in a way don't count. But the ones that you kind of like start to see where maybe you've waited too long or you can see like the value, like we talked about Le'Veon Bell a little bit. We all kind of agree. Like he's in a good situation to have a decent year, but you have to start to weigh that now. Like, do I want this amazing year out of Le'Veon Bell or do I want to get rid of the asset before it's worth even less? And I'm kind of the guy, like, especially with everything we've talked about here and there with COVID that I kind of want to get out before that stock crashes. Because even if, I don't know, you're not going to get too much within these next couple of years. Like same with Larry Fitzgerald. I sold him kind of cheap in a league a week or so ago. And kind of um, got both sides of it from people that saw the trade. And I'm kind of like, listen, man, if it's a COVID year, like, and when's he going to retire? Like I can't get anything for Larry Fitzgerald for much longer. And then if he doesn't play, like, I don't know, I'm okay with this. Like, and, uh, and, and so, and he's kind of different because he's already kind of like hit that. He, he won't become worth much less until he retires and, he should have been traded years ago, but look what he's given us like for free. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, I really want to play the revolving door or try to. And um, there's going to be some players though, that I'm going to get burnt because I fell in love with too much over the years. Like uh, Justin, you said you weren't too into the guy, but I have tons of Todd Gurley, like tons Ooh. of Todd Gurley to where zero. Um, yeah, if I don't start to do little things like 
it's not just that it's going to be one team that it affects, but I mean, it's going to affect like 60 to 70% of my dynasty teams probably at some point. And if I don't start to just kind of, I feel like if he goes berserk on week one, who, if you're not a savvy owner, how are you not shopping girly? Yeah. I mean, even with the, him going to the Falcons, I think that that presented a sell opportunity that I probably should have taken advantage of, but I kind of got excited about it. Like I'm just, he's a buy right now because I don't think, I don't think his, his value is. You couldn't sell Gurley for what he's worth now a year ago. There was so much. I mean, Daryl Henderson is a first round draft pick in rookie drafts was all you need to know about the, the anti hype of what Gurley was. Um, yeah. But I think right now, you could buy him for fairly cheap and then sell him in week three or four of the season, and it would yeah. be a problem. Or because as I you're feeling your team out too, and yeah, I, I think your offense is good enough to carry to but, to do that to do that to his to his value. I think there are times though when I'll look at and I'm like, oh, they have Barkley, and then the rest of their team kind of is just, in my opinion, like I don't want to say trash, but you're not competing this year, and you go to them and you make like a solid offer for Barkley. I don't have any examples right now, but they're like, Oh no, sorry. I'm building around Barkley. And you look at it and you're like, well, how, what are you going to build around him? Like you have no picks for some reason. You've invested <laughs> so much into like building around Barkley that he's just going to kind of waste away on your team. And that like, to me, that's when you need to trade Barkley and split those stocks into like two or three players that are really good and kind of keep that cycle going. And that's like a team that needs to, kind of blow it up and um that's like my mentality too like if i take over an orphan team in any league i am not done with that team until i have completely got rid of every player that was on it before i took it over because i want to feel like i built that team even players that are my favorite like i'm putting everybody on the block and i don't really feel like it's mine until i've turned everything around and i can have a pot of thon with swags i i got I, I <laughs> yeah this has been travel, tons of fun bro. guys absolutely <laughs> we'll, i could just we'll travel, have to bro. do it I mean, look shit, we had the show sheet slash whatever on our little twitter we didn't touch any of that we just kind of really talk much about it <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think things just went well like we yeah, don't mind. yeah. You know, this is a typical hot sauce pod though like well, we're better when we're not trying to follow a, a well a, i don't know i feel yeah. like hear about these podcasts and they're just like they always they're always just like the show sheet man the show sheet. <laughs> like well what the fuck man i need a fucking show sheet whatever man but i mean i you could just hit, throw you know you throw something up in the air and i'll just take a swing at it we'll see how it goes you know yeah wow i mean swags got stuck at his mother-in-law's house i mean was that an overnight stay <laughs> Yeah, oh, we ended up being there three nights instead of two. Three nights. (laughs) Oh, we we stay in uh, the wife's old bedroom. It's a little bit more adulty now. They've redone it and stuff, but we do have a room when we're there and everything like that. But there's not like My Little Pony stuff everywhere or anything. No, I mean up up until like a couple years ago, we were kind of living some of the uncomfortable teen angst years. But um, but no, My Little Pony. I might have preferred that. (laughs) <laughs> over like the random diaries. And, yeah. <laughs> you had a hike. Anyway, uh, let's. You know, I feel like we should wrap things up now. What do you think? Well, before we do, because we were going to talk about you mentioned the Keyshawn Vaughn trade, but I'm more I'm more interested in the uh, Keenan Allen trade. Real quick. What? I mean, Keenan Allen, not the Keenan Allen trade. The Keenan Allen tweet. <laughs> that's mm. a fucking. What that's, shit? You know that what was. The fuck, man, dropping a Keenan Allen trade on me like this? Yeah, my bad, my bad, my bad. Uh, <laughs> 
I had a couple beers. Uh, I haven't eaten dinner yet. You know, words are slurring or whatever. But no, uh, you know, these kids, I say these kids, these guys are like, they're super sensitive. But when you go in there and you start tagging the wrong guy. So all I'm saying, <laughs> everyone out there, if you haven't seen it, go look up Keenan Allen's tweet where he claps back at everybody and I'm better than these guys, yada, yada, yada. And he tags the wrong Chris Godwin. He tags Chris Goodwin. <laughs> yeah. Start a campaign where Chris Goodwin gets more followers. Then like, Mike Evans that. calls him out for it. Yeah. He's where got 283 that? followers. Chris Goodwin is – hold on. Uh, the tweet where was – Goodwin live? It was, okay, I'm tired of biting my tongue, at Cheetah, <laughs> at Mike Evans 13, at Chris Goodwin. And the list goes on, are not a better receiver, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. You could make arguments for Mike Evans and and, and uh, Tyree Kill, of course. I'm I'm on the Chris Goodwin. Chris Goodwin, better than Keenan Allen right now. Let's do yeah. it. Let's get let's get him some follows. So, at Chris Goodwin, he hadn't tweeted <laughs> seven years. Let's blow his shit up. <laughs> yeah, I'm still taking T.O. over Chris Goodwin, though. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Goodwin. I think he could run a hell of a route. I'm just saying. I feel like he could be that. Maybe he could, do you watch anything other than football? Or are you what? What are you? What, what? Let me hear some of your interests or hobbies. Or what? Are you an aficionado of, of anything? Oh man, Renaissance man. I mean, how, how would you describe yourself? Pretty laid back dude. I just hang out with the kids and family. I mean that that's kind of what I do lately, man. Like I mean, sure. I mean, I get into music too. I haven't been to a concert in a while though, but. I would say, like, if if I'm looking or listening to other stuff besides podcasts, I'm definitely like jamming out to some '90s music or yeah, some dude. kind of hip hop yeah. or something. But uh, I'm I'm pretty open minded with music, but love that '90s stuff. Yep. Two great questions for Swags. Did you watch the SFB Polython? Um, bits and pieces, man. Like it's so long. Like the the work those guys put in, you know. It's awesome that you can go back and listen to it all on the Dynasty Dummies feed, but yeah, bits and pieces, not the whole thing. So you haven't caught, you didn't catch the two thirty hour of the opening. <laughs> I have not. Clearly not, because if you had, it's unforgettable. It's unforgettable. You know what's funny is um, the feverish one, Michael Fanaro, Art, Mister Ardvark TV. He was actually. He was watching our segment, Justin. I don't know if you were, were aware no, of that. No, uh -uh. Part of a, yeah, a feverish Frenero was watching our our part our piece on. Uh, Did they come on right after us? No, 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 man, Frenero. He was just I, I don't know. He was just randomly He's just watching. I, yeah. So okay, because I can't remember who came on right after us, but they were like, "Oh shit, what the hell just happened just, here?" Yeah, yeah, we were. Oh, dude, swags. We were like, we we were like, what the fuck? We're on the fucking Python. Let's. We got to wear some wigs. We're on two thirty a.m. Let's fucking get this. Let's just jam some music. <laughs> let's get fired up and bang it. Yeah, I ate some hot chips. I don't know if you saw that video where Kane ate those hot chips and he almost died. Yeah, I ate the I ate the bag of hot chips. Uh, in response to Kane on the on the on the SFB spot. But uh, I had one more fucking question for you, and I should have. I was about to write it down, and I was like, "Fuck, dang it!" And that's my problem. That's why I interrupt folks too, because I'm most just of like, my dang. ideas are like that, dude. I think they're so good that I don't even have to write them down. Ah, and, it was then, a and then I never think of them again. 
I don't know, man. I mean, I could talk to you forever, bro. I mean, I I appreciate. Uh, yeah, same man. This has been a ton of fun. Time went by quick. Oh fucking a! Who's your favorite? Uh, who's your favorite Scott Scott Fishbowl pick? What's your favorite Scott Fishbowl pick? Oh man, I I don't know. I really I don't know. Like it's so no. tough. You did but the draft. Do I have to pick just one? I I really I had the pick twelve in my division, and I went um with Deshaun Watson, Deshaun yep. Watson and Russell Wilson on that turn. And it really kind of made me feel solidified at the quarterback position enough to kind yeah. of just hit some other positions throughout the draft and end up really liking my team. Like I, my team, like I, I think I'm 1421 in somebody's rankings, like maybe uh, 22. Um, but that's when like I look Yahoo. At my team, like I really kind of like, like yeah. what I did. I don't know, but I'm pretty young. The way everything fell to me, I ended up with Carr later, so I've got three quarterbacks, and then I've well, yeah, I don't know. Two and, but and a my half. My favorite pick, dude, is so tough. I, I, you know what? I'm gonna say. <laughs> I, my favorite pick is DeAndre Swift, and it's because yeah, I was yeah, the I was the earliest one in the Scott Fishbowl draft to take Isn't DeAndre it, Swift. You know what? Do do you know what honor I hold in the Scott Fishbowl? The what? It, um, I want to guess because I don't know. Dude, longest without a quarterback. Nope. No, no longest way. without a wide receiver. Um, you took Justin Jefferson earlier than anybody. Hold on, <laughs> I'll just tell you, because because uh, we're because like I said, it takes me two hours to edit one hour, and if, if I mean we're just fucking, I, you know that that movie with Matthew McConaughey when he was in outer space, whatever that movie was, and he he landed on that fucking planet, and they were like, this is going to be twenty years every extra minute <laughs> on this fucking planet. That's no where that's where I'm at with editing this podcast right now. I'm just like every fucking minute is going to cost me another ten. <laughs> <laughs> so oh my my honor is i have the most rookies at the in the whole fucking scott fishbowl i own the nice. most rookies. yeah dude oh, well. and I, I i have did one you, more. Did, how did you figure that out i saw it on a post and i saw my name and i was like holy fuck There's i got the most. and i knew i knew i had a ton of rookies nice. but i didn't know i had the most so uh, some nice. other some some other person with way too much time on their hands. Some super nerd. Yes. Some fucking nerd. How many do you have? Um one, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I have nine okay. rookies. I, I have seven. You have seven rookies. Yes. Yeah. I'm a fucking rookie. I mean nice. You know, I'm a rookie. I'm a I, I don't like them with uh no facial hair for me, man. No facial hair. I, I think I um I, I had like the youngest team in the Scott Fishbowl last year, but it wasn't just rookies. It was like the average age. Yes. But, yeah. I mean, that's when you have, you have like Sam Darnold and Devin Funches and your average age comes down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, I think I did have Sam Darnold last year too. Oh yeah. He was a great pick. He was a great, <laughs> great draft pick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially the first like six games. <laughs> You know, interestingly enough, I don't remember Swags as the champion last year. So, no, but I, I finished better than projected. Yeah, like, Larry, you and I are in the same division. Did you see our our rankings or whatever? I think you were. I have, I'm I pretty good. I have a pretty good ranking. Yeah, you were 18th, and I was like 28th in the in the division. So, yeah, you no. Know. Why? I, there there has to be like some type of correlation to something. 
Like you either have like a lot of quarterbacks. I mean, I'm sure there's some skewed way of how they determine that nonsense. Yeah. So, but yeah, man. Um, I'm I'm winning it all with my I'm my underdog. I don't know. I'm I'm good with winning it with a 1421st ranked team. You want light tight end though. I see. I mean, you have, you only have Dallas Goddard. Then you got Njoku, and then you got. You know, it's kind of ugly. It is ugly. Your tight end, tight end core is kind of ugly. But, but, but Goddard, though, I mean, I don't know, Your man. Quarterbacks, like quarterbacks and running backs are sexy, though. And and Goddard was tight end ten in this scoring last year, and I think he'll get just as much, if not more, this year. I think that as gross as this sounds, and this is like more of a redraft thing. Like Jimmy Graham's probably the starting tight end in Chicago. I think we're getting a little too excited about the rookies there in that one. And then yeah. David Njoku, it was, uh, it was like we were drafting and they were talking about him getting traded. And so I was right. thinking new scenarios coming soon and um, just kind of grabbed him in that moment. Jordan yeah. Reed, same fucking thing. <laughs> like all of a sudden they were talking about him signing on a team. And I was just like, yeah, I need another tight end. Cause I waited so long. I was just kind of trying to grab whatever. And Jordan Reed is actually the first pick where like I was texting with uh Finero and two drink. We had that like a three-way text going. And I was like that. I was just pissed as soon as I made it, as soon as I made the pick, I was just like, that was the one where I regretted instant. Yeah. Oh, I hate when that happens. You make a pick and you're just like, ah, fuck. Yep. Yep, and it's too it late, you know. Than, it happens to me more than you think, man. It was a conscious decision that as soon as I did it, I was like, that wasn't the right thing to do. Jordan like, Howard just, just got in my it. head. Jordan Howard just went off the board. Ten the uh ten seven, tenth late tenth round. Yes. I feel like we should wrap things up. Not that I want to. I could talk for another I mean I could talk. Like I said, I could do a fucking swagsathon right now. Yeah, we'll we'll get back together, man. Yeah, we'll we'll get back together. Get you guys on some shows too, for sure. This has been a lot you of fun. What? Yeah, man. I um I love the fantasy. I love all your shows. I'm a, I'm a big swags fan. I appreciate yeah. it, man. Like we just try to do our thing. Like I've been lucky enough to work with people that I mesh with well, and um just try to be true to myself and try to. <laughs> Be, I don't know. Just try to have a good time, man. It, it's my therapy. So let me just, we'll part with this and we'll just pray that the, that the old lady that put that bid on Justin's house is not a listener. Uh, so, so, you know, the power just went out on his fucking ass. <laughs> so, hey, we'll, we'll end it like this. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Hot Sauce Podcast.